some people some cry for the rain. Some people cry for the rain to stop. But Amen. I tell you, it's a wonderful time when we see the Lord working. You know, our God, not only did he command those raindrops to fall, but he directed them where to hit. Amen. Isn't that amazing? I mean, this is a mighty God that we serve. And again, I want to thank you for the opportunity to come, Pastor Lyle and Sister Rose, to uh, again address your church uh, with the, the holy word of God. And uh, and I never take it lightly. I, uh, I don't preach canned messages. I don't just uh, get a few messages that I think that are going to excite the intellect or tickle the emotion and, and go out on the trail and, and, and try to dazzle people. I tell you, I went through a phase one time in, in my ministry, the ministry that God's entrusted me to, and uh, I wanted to preach like Jesus. I mean, you know, Jesus, what an effective ministry. You know, and Jesus, is, uh, his effective ministry consisted, brother, of one title, one theme. And that was repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. Well, I went through this phase, brother, and I, you know, I kept tugging on God's pants. And I'm like, God, just help me, help me, Lord, I want to preach like Jesus. And, and I, as I kept badgering God, God spoke to me finally in three words. And I tell you something, he says, my sheep know my voice. Well, let me tell you something, in his voice, I know his attitude as well, amen? And I'm going to tell you, he spoke, he spoke three words, and they were very sharp, and they were rebuke. Amen. And you know what he said to me? He said, preach my word. Woo! Let me tell you something, instantly, instantly, I fell in under conviction, as if to say, God, your word is not enough, that I've got to add something to it. That I've got to put some charisma with it. In other words, for it to be effective. No, let me tell you something right now. The word of God stands, amen? And it will always stand. It was spoken, and it was, and it is, and it will forever be. Hallelujah. The word of the living God. And I'm so thankful for this opportunity. Praise God to preach his holy word. You see, I got together with some, some uh, higher-ups in the church one time, and we all got together, and I'm talking about the Bible. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, because I'll tell you something. I'm excited about being saved. Are you excited about being saved? Well, you ought to be, praise God, because I went from death into life. Hallelujah. And I had this one brother speak up, and he said, brother, he said, is that all you talk about? I said, yeah, because that's all I am. You see, I'm the word of the living God. Amen. He said it, praise God, and it come to fruition in my life. He said, come out of that grave, hallelujah. And I came out of that grave, and no longer do I want to go back, amen. Give him praise today. Oh, hallelujah. So, yes, I am excited. I'm excited about being here. I'm excited about partaking the word of God with you today. And let me be your waiter. Let me be your servant today, praise God. Because I'll tell you something, it's not my word. It's his word. You see, it's not that spin that I put on it that makes it palatable or makes you remember it. It's not the antiquated stories that I might tell. Let me tell you what it is. It's the power of the living word of Jesus Christ. That last will and testimony that needs to say no more. Hallelujah. But praise God. Again, thank you for allowing us to be here today. And this is my wife, Deborah. She's a, 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 a yes, amen. She's the better half. She's a licensed ordained minister in the church. I'd like you to greet the church, honey. I don't think he's called me Deborah in a long time. <laughs> um, you can call me Debbie. Um, it's, it's, it's great to be here again to see so many familiar faces and to see the love of God and the spirit of God here in this place. Um, in Galatians, it says, do not grow weary in well-doing because in due season we will reap if we faint not. And I believe that the season is coming when the harvest will be taken and we need to be working for the Lord. Let's not grow weary. Let's not give up. Let's not sit down and on our haunches and just wait for him to do something. Let's go forth in his name and his power and spread this love of God that he has given us. Right here is where everybody usually says, oh, now we see who the real preacher in the family is. Amen. But I tell you something again, just as Jesus, when he opened those scrolls, 
and started to quote the book of Isaiah. He said, he has anointed me to preach. I might not, not know a whole lot, but I've done one thing that I am certain of, and that is he has anointed me to preach the acceptable year. Oh, praise God of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Lord woke me up last night during my sleep three or four times, and he kept directing me to a scripture. And I was excited. I thought I was going to be able to preach it for you today, but I think it was for me. It was, it was uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 2, where he said, you know something? I'm coming back. Okay? I'm coming back. And, and, and you know something? Don't be surprised. <laughs> because as I said I would, as I told those men of Galilee, when they stood there by the sea, sea, seashore gazing up into heaven, he said, men, why are you standing here gazing? As I go, I'll return in like manner. And make no, make no mistake about it, okay? There's much been said about how he's coming back, but I'm going to tell you something. It needs to be more said about that he is, amen? And he is coming back, hallelujah. And I praise his wonderful name. Brother, when you started this morning, you didn't know it, but you probably um, culminated in just a few words my testimony. Again, how God placed a physical hand upon my head. You see, I wasn't always Bishop Nick Spiller. I was Nick Spiller that um, had a lot of problems. And, uh, you know, again, life sometimes will, will deal you those problems. You know, I was an unwanted child. Uh, had a lot of difficulties growing up. And, uh, and I remember as a young child when I should have been thinking about innocent things like puppies and ponies and but I, began, I was thinking about bigger things and that was like you know I remember calling out to God begging God to kill me <clears throat> because there's nothing like the feeling of being unwanted you know the best thing that I can attribute it to or liken it to is I've heard that women that, that went through that horrible awful crime of rape they get in the shower and turn the water on scalding hot water and it's not enough to wash that feeling away, that filthiness. And I tell you something, there's nothing to wash away that unwantedness either. But I tell you, the blood of Jesus Christ can. Amen. <laughs> I said, the blood of Jesus Christ can. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, he'd be a father to the fatherless. Hallelujah. He'll come in and he'll fill all the gaps. Praise God. Amen. Oh, and I thank God that he's come into my life. And brother, he started out by physically placing a hand upon my head. You see, God knows you inside out because he composed you. He made you. He knows what makes you tick. And he knew what was going to convince me. And I tell you, it wasn't going to be just some words. It wasn't going to be cheap, Skinnerian psychology, Brother Lyle. It was going to be, again, the presence of the living God. And you know the funny thing about it, when he placed his hand upon my head, that, that, that fateful night, I'll never forget it as long as I live. <clears throat> the thought came over me first, he didn't have to come here. He was already here. You see, and I'm telling you, he's here tonight, today, this morning. Praise God, he's here in this place. And I'm confident in that, hallelujah. <laughs> because he's here in this place. Oh, hallelujah. Is he there in your place? Because he wants to be. Oh, praise God. And, and, and before the end of the day, praise God, he can be if he's not already. And I, I implore you, please, hear the words that God speaks to you today. Don't listen to the messenger. Listen to the message. Amen. And this Amen. message, is it, it'll change your life. Praise God. I'd like, before we get started, there's a couple of things that I always do. I'd like you to stand to your feet one more time. And I'd like you to stretch forth your hands and pray God's anointing on the messenger today while I anoint these hands with oil, praise God, to handle this precious word of God. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful, Lord God, for this great opportunity I have this side of heaven to come boldly before the throne in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the author, the finisher of our faith and our soon coming King. Oh, Lord God, I ask for that special anointing that makes preaching possible and effective straight to the heart, Lord God. Oh, help me not to belabor the point, Lord God, but get down to your business. Oh, Lord God, with your people. Bless me this day. Bless your people. Anoint ears to hear, hearts to receive, and minds to comprehend the word that you have for us. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. 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 You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The title of the message that I want to bring today is Power 
with a purpose. Power with a purpose. In Luke 24 and 49, it says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Acts 1 and 8 says, But ye shall receive power after, say that with me, after, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the world. You see, church, God wants to endue us with power from on high. Amen. You see, God's not withholding his power. What we're basically doing is denying the power by not utilizing the power that's available to us to do what God has called us to do. You see, there's a lot of people that pray for the power because they want to be displayers of the power. They want to be purveyors of the power so that somehow people think of them a little bit more highly than they ought. But I'm going to tell you today, okay, this word is meant to change hearts and lives. And if there's any power anywhere, it comes from that word. That precious word, praise God. That's when spoken, demons have to flee. Is that power? Oh, have you ever been under attack? <laughs> if you haven't been under spiritual attack, you haven't been living for Jesus. Plain as hell. Can I tell you something? I've been under attack before. And I've spoke the name of Jesus Christ. And I've witnessed demons fleeing. Because they can't stand in the presence of, of the Almighty. One time I was down in Chukaluski. When Lynette was uh, pastoring down in Chukaluski, the Church of God. And uh, we were having a tremendous altar service. And uh, I'm at the front of the altar with my little thing of oil. And... And I'm praying for people as they want to be prayed for. The altars were full. And all of a sudden, I heard the doors, boom, pop open. There's going to be more surprises. Boom, the doors popped open. And here comes a woman, and she is running like a linebacker through this church. Well, when I see her coming from the, from the church, all the way through, it's one of those shotgun churches straight down the center. She's coming right at me. And I'm standing dead still. Let me tell you something right now. Don't let fear enter your camp. When the demon comes at you, don't let fear enter your camp. Because I'm going to tell you something. Oh, there's more with you than there are with him. Amen. That's what the Holy Word of God says. So I stood there. And I just dumped that bottle of oil into my hand. And when she got close enough, I threw that oil right in her face. And somehow, God made it cast at her head. Now, I'm in a fishing community over there in Chukalusky. So they knew real well that it looked like a cast net unfolding. And it went around this lady's head and she slid on the floor. She looks up at me in a baby's voice and says, please don't hurt me. Wait a minute. You just, you, you were going to try to intimidate me just a minute ago. Remember what I said, running like a linebacker? Uh -uh. Let me tell you something right now. Our God's bigger than that, amen? Amen. <laughs> and as she began to sit there on that floor and say, please don't hurt me, I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I said, I'm going to cast you out amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Huh? And you know something? She looks at me, and I said, say the name of Jesus. She, uh, I said, I said, say the name of Jesus. See, let me tell you something right now. There's a difference between a commandment and a suggestion. Amen. Huh? Amen. Suggest something to the devil. And I'll tell you something right now. He'll throw it right back in your face. But you command him in the name of Jesus, and he has to do. You see, I commanded her in the name of Jesus to speak the name of Jesus. And let me tell you, there's one thing that a demon will never do. Speak the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, you're talking about submission? There you go. In a word. And as soon as she spoke that name of Jesus, she began to retch. And it sounded like she was coughing up a pumpkin. There on the floor. She began to writhe and she began to lay on the floor, falling around. The pastor told, Get the kids out of here, lock the doors. I said, There's no need in that. 
she's delivered. In the name of Jesus. You see, it wasn't what I'd done. It wasn't about my little $2 oil bottle. Let me tell you something. It was the power of God. And he's given you power, praise God, with a purpose. Hallelujah. That's to do the mission that he's called you to do. Give him praise and glory today. Woo! <laughs> Ooh, hallelujah. You see, the devil loves nothing more than to feed on weakness. He loves to beat up on a weakling. It serves his ego real well. You see? And the weakest church is the one that believes it's strong when it's not. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Numbers do not make you strong. Do you hear me? No, I don't think you heard me. Numbers do not make you a strong church. Money does not make you a strong church. <laughs> Unification does not make you a strong church unless you're unified in that singular belief, praise God, that there's one God and one Son, Jesus Christ, and one Holy Ghost, praise God, and that Jesus was sacrificed for your sins and you know Him in the full pardon of your sins. Give Him glory today. <laughs> you see, what can wash away your sins? What's that? What can make you whole again? Oh, precious is that flow that made me white as snow. And I'm going to tell you something. Not only did it make me white as snow, but I'm going to tell you something right now. It gave me armament too, praise God. It gave me that helmet of salvation. It gave me that breastplate of righteousness. It had my loins girded about with the truth, which is Jesus Christ. It gave my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel so I can walk and I can climb everywhere I go. This is Jesus' ground. Because it's holy ground. Oh, and let's not forget that helmet of salvation and that sword of the spirit. Woo! You see, the sword of the spirit is exactly what I was talking about. It's right here. It's the word of God. You want to know what will make you a strong church? Get into the word of God and let the word of God get into you. Huh? And you'll stop thinking that maybe we can and start believing that we will. In the mighty name of Jesus. Do you understand what the word of God says about you? He says that you're more than conquerors. That means there's nothing that you can't conquer. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you will try. You see. That weakness is something the devil counts on. Because as long as you'll bow down. He'll kick you in the teeth. And he'll continue to kick you in the teeth. He's ruthless. Remember when I told you I was a little kid crying out to God? Well, that's my first recollection of the devil as well. Because he was right in my face, pointing his finger, his bony finger in my face, saying, ha, 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 you little punk. I told you nobody wanted you around. You want to know how ruthless the devil is? That's how ruthless. He'll come to a child that's hurting and, and punish him even more. He'll try to take that heel and rub your head in the ground. But I'll tell you something right now. He's the one whose head's been stomped. I said, he is the one whose head's been stomped, praise God. And we need to remind him, praise God, of the bruise of Jesus Christ. He was destroyed. Hallelujah. And I'm so thankful. But again, I'm talking about today power with a purpose. But sometimes power doesn't come right away. Sometimes we have to wait on that power. You see, nobody likes to wait. <laughs> but you know something nowadays? There's churches out here, these seeker-friendly churches, that tell you you don't have to. In fact, all you got to do is believe that there is a God, and that's good enough. You don't have to give up anything. You don't have to change anything. Well, let me tell you something. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Let me tell you, in order to come to Jesus Christ, I had to lose everything, which was really nothing. I thought it was everything, but it was nothing. You see, so what he's saying, in order to gain everything, you must be willing to give up nothing that you might think is everything. But if you give up everything, praise God, you'll get everything. Hallelujah. And that's what he's wanting for us today, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. But sometimes we have to wait. And waiting sucks. You know, I mean, it does. Because we live in an instant society. Everything from 30-minute cleaners to fast everything. I was in a, a um, fast food line while back, or I was in the parking lot next to it, and I seen this family yelling at a sign. 
they were actually yelling at the sign where you order your food. And they were telling these people that they did not have the time to wait for fast food. Have you ever heard anything as ridiculous as that? So when they ended up getting their food, they got mad because they checked through it and everything wasn't in the order. But yet they got a complete meal for five people in less than five minutes and they weren't happy because they left out a fry. Come on, man. You see, patience is a virtue. And certainly the Bible says in Luke 21 and 19, in your patience, possess your souls. Amen. I'm going to go ahead. and you ever, you ever preached anything, Pastor Lyle, that come back on you? <laughs> I'm fixing to preach something right now. Come back on me. Praise God. And my oh, yeah. wife can sit here and attest to it. Because I'm not what you'd call the poster boy for patience either. Okay? I like, I like to have it and have it now. But there, again, <laughs> there's sometimes that you have to wait. You see, patience is something the world doesn't have, but the church is supposed to. Did you hear that? I'm going to repeat it one more time. Okay? Patience is something the world does not have, but the church is supposed to. Mm. It's not natural to be patient. In fact, it's supernatural, and it takes supernatural power to possess it, which in turn gives you supernatural power to use it. Amen. You see? Um, I know my pastor, Chuck Smith. In fact, I want to bring greetings from Pastor Chuck Smith and your sister church over in Fort Myers, Florida, the, the Broadway Church of God, Broadway Community Church, we call it now. And, uh, and again, he sends his love, and, and certainly we've got, they're praying for us over there, and, and certainly I've been praying for them from over here, praise God. But, but, you know, again, we're all in this together. Hallelujah. But sometimes, again, like I said, we have to wait on God. Time is not everything, church, but timing is. Solomon said there's a time for everything, yet in this fast-moving society, when is the perfect time for exercising patience? Certainly not during a crisis, right? Because that just doesn't make sense. I mean, when all hell's assailing against you, you got to have some action. you got to have something to do. I mean, i got to figure something out quick. Let me tell you something, church. That knee-jerk reaction can get you in trouble. Huh? I'm telling you right now. I've had people tell me some of the most ridiculous things. One woman told me that it was God's will that she buy a new car. Because she's seen a pine cone fall out of a tree. I kid you not. They, she super spiritualized a pine cone falling out of a tree and said that that was the will of God. Because she was there to see it. <laughs> you see, let me tell you something. We, while we're waiting on the Lord, we're supposed to be doing something. You see, and the first thing that we're supposed to be doing is praying. You see, I call these spiritual calisthenics. And, <laughs> you know, praying is actually running to God. You get that running? Amen. It's running to God. You know, we're social beings with everybody but God. You know? I mean, we want to tell our neighbors. We want to tell our friends. We want to tell everybody. But the last person we, we go to is Jesus Christ, who is the only one who can help. Huh? Amen. And so we must run to God. We must, while we're waiting, to, again, get into these spiritual exercises that I'm talking about here, praise God, that will help us to remain patient. While we're waiting on our answer. You see, we can if we're not careful while we're waiting, we can go into a spiritual hibernation mode where we become lethargic and lazy. What we should be doing is working out spiritually while we wait. And after we run to God by praying, the next thing we need to do, and the Bible says pray without ceasing, we need to start reading the Word of God. Amen. Okay? Let me tell you something right now. You are what you eat. You hear me? You are what you eat. What have you been consuming? Huh? I'm just telling you. These self-help books and everything, they're nice and all, but when they take the place of the Word of God in your life, let me tell you something, rip them up and throw them in the garbage can. Huh? I'm just telling you the truth today, praise God. But you must eat healthy. <laughs> you are what you eat. Feed the spirit, man. Whatever you feed will grow. I trust you. You can trust me with that. Reading will give you focus, it will give you understanding, and it will give you the knowledge that you can trust in God to wait on Him. Amen? Yes, yes. That you can wait on Him. You see, the Bible says man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. But church, you can either eat the word of God or you can eat the bread of idleness. 
And you know, when you eat the bread of idleness, you'll get nowhere. The impossible will remain impossible. But when you start eating the bread of life, let me tell you something. The impossible come, becomes possible. Give him glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise his name. <laughs> and we also, not only do we need to read, uh, pray and read, but we need to exercise our faith. Church, this is not the time to sit down and become lazy. I mean, this is the time to stand and fight. Amen. And, and, and believe me, we're to grow strong in the Lord and the power of his might by fighting this good fight of faith. You see, the Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must first believe that he is, comma, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see, when he says the first thing that you must do is you must come, you must believe that God is, he puts a comma there to stop that. In other words, get what's on the left-hand side correct, then move to the right. Amen. You see, I've come to two irrefutable facts. Number one, there is a God. Number two, I'm not him. And that was a wonderful thing to come to the conclusion of. There's some people that are still mixed up about that. Huh? And they're trying to be God or trying to play their own God. And let me tell you something right now. You cannot, you will not, you are not capable of, you cannot save yourself. Nope. Mm, mm, mm. You must have faith in God. And in order to have faith in God, you're going to first have to know who he is. And that's what the word of God does. It shows us who he is. It doesn't just show us our, his nature. It doesn't just show his attributes. It shows who he is. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you something. When we get that right to the left of the comma, he goes on to say that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. You see, our God, our God knows how to give good gifts. He knows what you have need of. And, and, and trust me, if he's making you wait, you're not supposed to have it yet. You hear me? And you might not ever have it because it might not be good for you. Accept that. Grow up. Put on your big boy spiritual pants and, and let's do it right. Amen? Because, look, you first got to understand God's nature. Is God love? The Bible says so. Is God love? Okay, if he, if he is love and he does love you, then do you think he cares enough about you to provide you what you have need of? So what happens when you don't get what you have need of? That's right. Woo, come on. Hey, man, you're a good preacher. <laughs> you see, my, my son, when he was small, he used to come up to my dresser, and I was taught always keep a sharp pocket knife. He'd look over that dresser and he'd see that knife and he'd drool. He wanted that knife. And to tell you the truth, I wanted him to have that knife. But I knew better. <laughs> because if I was to give him that knife, he would hurt himself. But I wanted to give it to him. But he'd hurt himself. Now, where do you differentiate that line of love? Do I love him enough to where I don't want him hurt? Or do I love him just enough where I want to give him what he wants, what he wants so that he'll like me? Hmm? You hear me preaching today. God doesn't want you to like him. He wants you to love him. Amen. I don't think you heard me. God doesn't want you to like him. He wants you to love him for who he is and what he has done and what he's about to do in the presence of this mighty church. Hallelujah. Woo! <laughs> oh, man, I tell you something. Praise God. Oh, this, is, this is good to me. Praise the name of Jesus. Mm. We must understand that this power comes with a cost, church. It's not cheap. Anything worth anything will cost you something. Martin Luther once wrote, A religion that gives nothing, costs nothing, and suffers nothing in the end is worth nothing. Amen. You hear me? I've heard it said, as I said before, that, <laughs> that come to Jesus won't cost you anything. Amen. Complete lie. It'll cost you everything. But I'll tell you something right now. What you're about to receive is so much more than what you could ever have imagined. You see, he said he's well, he's, he's able 
to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask or think. I mean, how big is this God? I mean, how big is this God who created the universes, brother, and hung them on nothing? This is not a David Blaine street magic trick. It's not wires. It's not an illusion. Let me tell you something right now. God created the heavens and the earth and all that in, the, in them there is, including you, praise God. And it is a miracle because he is a miracle-working God. And what he did back then, he'll still do today. That's why he said when he poured out his spirit upon the church, he said, I'll continue to do it as long as you'll use it for the right reason. Huh? You want to use it for the right reason? Or do you want to use it for bragging rights? <laughs> Whew, we're the biggest church on the block. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, buddy, we set South of Florida on fire. Yeah. Well, let me tell you what my Bible says. My Bible says you can tell a tree by the fruit that it bears. Amen. Huh? Are you putting out seeker-friendly people who don't really understand the nature of God and really doesn't don't even know God? Are you putting out genuine born-again believers? Praise God that are endued with power from on high that are straight-up giant killers. Huh? <laughs> straight-up giant killers. Straight-up right in the face of kings and say, hey, we don't care what you say. We're not careful even answering you. Punk king. Because <laughs> that's truly what we've got to get to the point of. You see, there's a difference between saying you know God and knowing God. Okay? We know that the seven sons of Sceva, we know how that happened, right? These seven sons of Sceva, they saw Paul casting out demons. They said, hey, we're going to try us a little bit of that. And they went up to the first demon and said, hey, we're commanding you in the name of Paul's God. <laughs> And then the demons looked right in the face of the seven sons of Sceva and said, Paul, we know. We know God. But who are you? Who are you? You see, that kind of ties in with that scripture when Jesus said, that there's going to be two things said on judgment day. Either well done, thy good and faithful servant, enter in, or depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. And see, that known relationship is what Jesus wants for us. And, and, and listen to me, adults in the room. Okay? In a relationship between a man and a woman, in order for anything to happen, for it to consummate, the groom has to be inside the bride. And that's what God wants. He wants inside. He don't want you to wear him like a badge. He doesn't wear you, want you to wear him like a dormant so the world can see whose property you are. He wants you to have him in his heart, in your heart, praise God. And if you'll get Jesus Christ in your heart, let me tell you something, things will begin to change. But it do, truly does come with a cost. <laughs> Who are you? Church, have you ever asked that question of yourself? Look in the mirror and say, who are you? Because I'll tell you who I am. Just like I told that person that said, hey, is that all you talk about? Just like I was talking shop. Like I was talking a vocation or a job. Yeah. Let me tell you something right now. Yeah, that's all I talk about because that's who I am. You see, I don't care nothing about who I was. I care about who I am. Praise God. And I know in whom I put my trust. I know from whence my help cometh. Praise God. I have attached myself to a rock that was higher than I. You see, there was a time in my life when I was floundering in that sea of despair. I was out there treading water. And I was about this deep. Arms were getting tired. Legs were getting tired. Oh, I didn't know what to do. But all of a sudden, boom. I bounced into something. I bumped into something. And what it was was solid. It was, it was a rock. And I grabbed hold of that rock. Praise God. And no longer my, my arms and legs having to do this to hold myself up. It was the rock that was holding me up. I said it was the rock. And that rock was Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And he'll hold you up today. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Woo. 
praise God. You see, you can have this power, this endowment with power from on high. You know, that, that's how the Church of God got started. A few Baptist folks got together and they said, hey, wait a minute. They, God poured out his spirit. And, 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 and all of a sudden, miracles began to happen. I mean, people began to get saved. I mean, this movement started. Hey, this is what we want. And up there in Murphy, North Carolina, in the foothills, and I've been there, it's probably one of the most insignificant places you've ever seen in your life. I mean, it's not a place where, you know, like Wall Street or, or the stock exchange or none of that stuff. Okay, this is farmland. And these were simple people. Seemingly insignificant people as far as the world goes. They weren't making world decisions on what bomb to drop or what, what economy to do to do for the economy, this or that. But you see, God poured out his spirit there. And I believe, I know why. Because there was an innocence and a purity to the request that they were making. And that innocence and that purity was this. God, if you'll endure us with power from on high, we won't squander that power and try to make bigger buildings. We won't squander that power and just try to become the biggest on the block so that we have the bragging rights. What we're going to do is take this message of Jesus Christ who cared so much about me that he died on the cross for my sins. Not on this sureness I would accept him, but the possibility I might. He gave me my own free will and I could choose. But still, no matter which way I chose, he chose. And he chose to die. Whether I chose him or not. That's why you can't say God doesn't love me. Let me tell you something right now. That's why he says God is love. Because he's, he's not just the definition of it. He is love. Okay? He threw himself on a grenade for you. And you had sure death waiting for you. And I'll tell you something right now. He saved you. <laughs> and, and you know something? These people, when they asked for the Spirit of God to be poured out upon them, he did. Because as he said, he's no respecter of persons. What he did back then, he'll still do today. You see? <laughs> if you got a friend named Lazarus and he's been dead four days, don't think that that's just Old Testament stuff, New Testament stuff, whatever. Okay? Let me tell you something right now. He'll do what needs to be done. Amen. Even if he stinks. Amen. Huh? Four days he's been dead. Can't do no miracle now. Well, let's go to the Valley of the Dry Bones. I'd say that's a little bit more than four days, wouldn't you? Huh? Where they're bleached out and laying in the sun all apart. Rats have been gnawing on them. Squirrels, everything else. And God <laughs> told that prophet to prophesy to the wind. Can you imagine? I mean, from the logical, how, how illogical that was, Pastor Lyle. Prophesy to the wind that these bones are going to come back together and become a mighty army. Well, let me tell you something. Don't you discount our God. You see, man has always done two things wrong. Number one, he's overestimated what he can do, and he's vastly underestimated what God can do. Amen. And my God can do anything. Amen. And I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Yes, give him praise today. But you see, he poured out his spirit, and this little fledgling church called the Church of God sprung up like a mighty oak. And it began, this Pentecostalism began to go around the world. And, and then they had birthings out of that. The, the assemblies of God and many other churches sprung up out of this movement, praise God. And, you know, they were careful not to call themselves a denomination back then because they said, hey, we're supposed to be a living organism, not a business organization. Huh? Amen. And you know something? We're going to move. When society moves, we're going to move. Not the way that they move, but to counteract their move, praise Amen. God. I mean, just, just understand this. If you don't hear anything else I say today, I want to promise you something. Okay? Every time through history, check it out. Every time in history, man's done something big, God's come on the scene and done something bigger. Amen. Huh? Don't you worry about tomorrow and what tomorrow is going to bring. Let me tell you something. What you've got to do is worry about today and what you've got to do today, praise God. Because God has given you a mission, praise God. And that's to go ye therefore into all this world and preach the gospel to the highways, to the hedges, and compel people to come in, praise God. Amen. To tell them the truth. Amen. You see, uh, 
I was driving by a job. I, 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 as a secular job, I'm a, I'm a general contractor. And, uh, well, one job I didn't get paid for. And uh, that's kind of rubs you a little raw when you don't get paid, when you do the work. You provide the material, you do the work, it passes inspection, you should get paid, right? Well, I didn't get paid. Well, anyway, I didn't know that I was working for a, a legal lawyer type that knew the laws and knew how to circumvent what was right. So anyway, long story short, I'm driving by there one day and all of a sudden my truck began to pull. I'm like, oh no, I don't wanna go in there. It's this giant compound. I mean, this house is like, I don't know, something like 8,000 square foot. It's a mansion. And, and I mean, and this guy has all kinds of money. And I, I, I pull in there, and I don't even know why I'm there. This is like salt in an open wound, I think. But you see, God was directing me. I got in there, and I'm looking around, and the place was run down. There was not, wasn't fixed up and trimmed like it used to be with all the manicured lawn and all. And some lady comes out on the rail and she's got these curlers in her hair and she's in her underwear. And she's got a broom in her hand and she is mad. She comes out screaming from the second floor, you just wait, I'll be right down. Oh Lord, that's the time to leave, right? The truck won't work to go. I got, God pulled me in, uh, what do I do? So she comes running out, and she comes running rearing back that broom. And I'm like, Miss Atry, Miss Atry. That was her last name. I said, it's Nick, it's Nick. She said, oh, what are you doing here? I said, I don't know. <laughs> My truck kind of pulled in here. I, uh, you know, she goes, well, don't think you're getting any money. We don't have any money. Blah, 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 blah. We lost all our money. We did this and that. And I fell off a ladder and I hit my head. And, uh, and then she went into this laundry of, of details and bad things that had happened in her life. And I said, I'm so sorry. And then all of a sudden she says, you know, I was just about to take a pistol and put it in my mouth mm. before you come up. Mm. I said, ma'am, it's not that bad. Look. If it'll help any, the debt you owe me, consider it paid. Okay. And I said, but would you let me pray with you? She said, yes. I prayed. Well, I tell you, <laughs> when you get in a situation like that, you know, I mean, you do some serious praying. This wasn't really, it wasn't pretty. I'll tell you something. I just prayed. I said, God, save this woman. Let her see that this is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And you're more than that. You come to give life and give it more abundantly so that out of her belly can flow rivers of living water. Oh, Lord God, help her. And after we got done, she said, I feel much better. And I said, thank you. I'll go out and see if my truck will get me out of here. You know, I go out there and start up the truck and I take off and I thought about it going down the road. I said, man, it had been real easy for me to get stubborn there and yank that wheel and say, you know, so I'm not going in there. Those people owe me money. You know, that ain't right. But you see, let me tell you something. There's things going on that we're totally unaware of. That's right. But God is fully aware of. Amen. And I said all that to say this. Praise God, we have power church. We have power and that power is for a purpose. It's to be used, praise God. It's not to be held. Never in history has God chose for his, his church to become a storehouse. It's supposed to be a distribution center, praise God, where we come here and get what we have need of and go out there, praise God, and do what he's called us to do. You see, hey, let me tell you something right now. It's high time that we got out of here and went out there. You hear what I'm saying? It reminds me of the story of Gideon. You know, they got all the men together, and he kept God kept cutting them down, cutting them down to shorter, shorter down, down to just three hundred people. You know, and he tells them to take this pot and put a torch in the pot, and then when they when they hear the sound of the trumpet, to smash it and give out a shout. But let me tell you something. I thought about something this week that I never thought about. I thought about that jar being the church walls. Hmm? I thought about the church 
and the walls of the church. These walls and this roof can make it really nice for us to come in here and worship. But the truth of the matter is, they can't confine us. They can't define us. That can't be who we are by the label that we have on the front of the building. Uh -huh. That's what has to happen. Let me tell you, it's time to break down the walls of this church and start becoming the church. Amen. Do you hear me, church? Amen. It's time that we broke down the walls of this thing that the society is calling church and become the church of the living God. Amen. Hallelujah. And we must not misuse the power given. And I'm closing with this. A famous Baptist pastor named Rick Warren wrote a book entitled A Purpose Driven Life. Purpose can drive us, church, but what powers us? You see, the Baptists are purpose-driven, but do not understand the power given by the Holy Ghost. The Pentecostals are all on board with the power, but are somewhat all across the board about the purposes it is given. You see, we must have a blending of both. A sense of purpose, which is our mission, and the power to see it to fruition. Battles are not one church on the battlefield. They're one in the strategy rooms. We must not... We must assume our battle-ready position, and that battle-ready position is on our knees, asking God for help in devising a battle strategy that's ready. Praise God for this area. Then pray for the power to complete our mission. The power was not given to, to be displayed by the super spiritual or to be stored up by some of the spiritual hoarders of our day. This power must never be treated as a ceremonial candle that's pulled out on special occasions and lit for a short amount of time just to say that we've done it. No, this power, much like the manna from heaven, has a shelf life and an expiration date if not used. Church, we need not waste valuable time trying to find out what our purpose is. We should know what our purpose is. And... and <laughs> Because if we, if we wait trying to find out what our purpose is, the mission will suffer. God has not called you to win an argument with this world. He's not called you to win a fist fight with this world. Let me tell you something. Your mission is to get yourself to heaven. And your mission is to get to Jesus Christ. And the best way to get to Jesus is by bringing somebody else with you. Amen? Amen. Huh? Because he says those whose minds are stayed upon the Lord, they're going to have perfect peace. Amen. He says commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Oh, there's an old song that we used to sing. Lord, send the power just now. Send the power, send the power, send the power just now. And baptize everyone. Oh, you see, church, what we need is a baptism in fire. Okay? That fire has a unique way of burning out the dross, burning out the things, the impurities, the things that have come along. And maybe they were good things back then, but I'm going to tell you something right now. They're dead. And anything dead needs to be consumed. And out of the way, praise God, because we're the living church. Amen. The church of the living God, praise God, should not be adorned with dead flowers. Amen? Amen. Uh, Amen. Come on. While, Amen. while focusing on past accomplishments, we can thwart future achievements. Amen. Huh? I'm telling you, here, here are these nuggets. They're from God today, not from my intellect. Not because I thought this up and I said, oh, boy, this is going to really emotionally stir them. Well, this is from God for us today. Praise God. And we must prepare for the harvest. And I want to tell you, this is how you begin to prepare. Second Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, say that with me. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, Oh, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. And will heal their land. Wow. Our land's been inflicted with many battle scars. But divided, we're never going to be. Not unless we allow ourselves to be. You see, God bless his holy church. God bless this world and God bless America. Land that I love. That's been a beacon to this world. You see, you can say what you want to about America, but I'm going to tell you something right now. Nobody has done more to feed the hungry, to heal the sick, to tell people the message of Jesus Christ, to show the love of God. 
than, than the United States of America. Amen. That's why God has blessed us so richly. Can I tell you something right now? He didn't bless you richly, praise God, to wear it as a badge. But he, he gave you that power, praise God, to use. And we must prepare for this harvest, church. See, the Bible says the fields are white for harvest. What does that mean? That means it's time to harvest. Right? And what what... Think of all the work that's went down through history to get us to this point. I mean, they had to plow the ground and get the rocks out, and, and, and then they had to do the planting, and then the growth season had to happen. You know, and, and all of a sudden, here we're at the harvest time. But he said, there's a problem. He said that the laborers are few. Laborers are few. But you know something? This is what I begin to pray. God, give me the strength to of Samson. <laughs> Give me the power that David had. Hallelujah. Oh, to love you even when it didn't seem like all was going his way. Huh? To stand strong in you in the power of your might. To ward off as Gideon did, you know, those mighty armies with just a handful of men. Let me tell you something, church. I'm going to end it right here today and tell you this. It's not how big you are. Do you hear me? Amen. It's not how big that you are that determines how bad you is. <laughs> That's right. Yep. See, I'm going to speak my southern English now. <laughs> how big you are is determined by the God that you serve. Amen. And I'll tell you something, there is no bigger than the one that we serve. Now, everybody, I'd like everybody to stand to your feet. <clears throat> I'd like everybody in the place to bow your heads and close your eyes. I've been talking about power. I've been talking about power with a purpose today. But you might not understand what I've been talking about. <clears throat>